More about the vaccines as the George Floyd case continues. 60 Minutes continues to fall apart. Another fascinating interview with Angelo Kojila. The concept of idiocy between Ty Nache Coates and Jordan Peterson. A new prime number has been found. The Earth has another core. And we end the show with a very special message and a prayer from the late great Earl Simmons. You know him as DMX. All this and a whole lot more on today's episode of Beyond This Earth. This is Beyond This Earth. Welcome to Beyond This Earth for the weekend of April 10th. This is Nova Hollaback. That's Hollaback. We got a full slate of episodes of this episode for you. We're going to start with the vaccines. So more of the vaccines are available, but the Johnson and Johnson vaccination may not be able to be able to be continued. They might be running out of the vaccine or the vaccine has reached a point of being overdue and not being effective. Um, there was a death concerning, well, not necessarily connected, but Mimim Charles, who used to be a consultant, a, a contributor to both MSNBC and CNN, died recently. Some have stated that it is very possible that the vir- that the vaccination might have caused it, but. We have no confirmation at this point, but again, another vaccine was taken by this young, by this young woman, extremely healthy, all the rest of it. And all of a sudden she just passes away. Uh, Another more more computer, more news concerning that vaccination in the UK. The Italy has gotten into it and said it has delayed or will not allow or is it the UK? I believe the UK is doing this. The UK is saying no dice to this, to the vet, to the AstraZeneca vaccine. There's just too many problems with it. We're using the Pfizer and the Moderna and the Johnson and Johnson one. But the John, like I said earlier, the Johnson and Johnson one is pretty much non-starter. It's starting to run out and t- and it's starting to get rotten in in certain cases i'm just putting this out there folks there have been some people in my life who have been concerned about this vaccination um there's someone telling me that um their co-workers have taken the vaccination have gotten sick automatically i recently just got a post in one of the places that i use on one of the social media accounts and it says that someone has taken the vaccine and he has gotten really sick and he just can't do much of anything. I think he took the Johnson and Johnson one. So I am absolutely, totally frightened of what I'm hearing all over the net personally, especially when it concerns this vaccine. And I'm scared shitless right now. Um, I, one, uh, I don't want to talk about other personal things of this nature, but it, it, it seems to me, and I said this 
on the bonus a couple of days ago. I am worried about this vaccine. I'm worried about what this vaccine entails. I have said it again. I don't want nobody around me. They, they are trying to separate this planet into two halves. Those that have it and those that not. Now they're asking for booster shots. Even those that follow the whole wokeness thing and whatnot. Once guarantees that once I get this shot, nothing changes. No, we're going to have to take a booster shot every six weeks, months. Are these people mad? We're taking a booster shot on top of this? Oh, this thing decays. So you mean to tell me this thing decays after six months? Now you're meaning to tell me this thing is decaying six months afterwards. What, what is going on folks? It's, I keep saying this ever since this pandemic started. What are the leaders of this world not telling us about this vaccine? The, what, are they, what are they not telling us? I wish to know, do you wish to know? And like I said, here's another thing with the vaccines. When it concerning Japan, they do not allow those that have taken their blood drawn after they have the vaccine. I cannot confirm this, but there is a law in other countries, especially and in Japan as well, that says if you did take a vaccine for other viruses, you can't take blood. You can't do blood draws after two months. So, but I'm not saying, but I'm not sure for the COVID vaccine, you can never take a vaccine. Their country had only had 8,000 deaths of a population of 127 million. A majority of them live in the major cities of Kyoto, Osaka, and Tokyo. And only 0.8% of the population which is not a lot of people have taken the vaccine and the majority of them are over the age of 60. So what is the, what are they not telling us? People need to ask themselves, what are they not telling us? Until they figured, until they tell us what is really going on, what is this vaccine and how it is handled I don't know what to tell y'all. I really don't. We're going to continue on this as it develops. So let's get to the Florida law. I mean, the Georgia law concerning the voting act that has sent a kerfuffle throughout the political and sports worlds. Basically, the law institutes here uh, the measure institutes here basically says that the changes were needed to maintain voter confidence in the election system and Governor Brian Kent insists that opponents had mischaracterized what the law does. And pretty much this started baseball to saying that no... We're not going to do this. We're not going to play this. This denies voters in the whole nine yards. Trump got into the whole thing, even though he's no longer president. 
other particular things have happened concerning this law as well. Basically, law states that there's some changes concerning with voter registration. It has to be ID based. All of the IDs anyone can get, they can possibly get. They need to go, they can get it through state houses, all of it. Drop boxes issues have changed. But the major concern has been, and the reason possibly that people don't understand why everybody's angry is the food and the water. Basically, it's a fight over water. They're not allowed. The state is not allowed. Or the state has stated that anybody outside trying to give food and water to people are not allowed to do so in this new Georgia mandate for voting. That sent people raging. That's the only reason. I don't think any other reason make other sense. The only reason is the water issue. Now, Carl Jenninger put out something of the nature of this a couple of weeks ago to showcase why I said this is only a water issue, basically. The law on the feds does the following. It makes sure that bribing people at the polling place is illegal. I don't know how it can be enforced these days, but it says on that particular law. Voting hours are expanded. There has to be a driver's license or a free state uh, free. Remember this? This is why I said it's water. It has nothing to do with anything else. It said it's water. Either a driver's license or a provisional free state ID issued number on an absentee voter application. This fops the scam of claiming to live where you're not. That's what they says here. Adds drop boxes for absentee ballots <coughs> and makes them secure. Returns control the state and federal elections to the legislature and state officials if their determination local officials are corrupt, inept, or in, inescapable or incapable. Requires that once counting starts, it must complete without interruption so we won't have a situation that happened during the election season that recently passed in 2020. And when we had a delay and it turns out it wasn't a delay, we, we, we saw that in the early episodes, man. Go, watch, go, uh, go listen to the episodes that we did in the election and our full election coverage back a couple uh, back last year and before the winter finale. It was absolutely uh, 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 astounding. Astounding. But basically, this is over food. This is basically over water. You're not going to give them water. That's why they ran. Nothing in this law reached the smell test of saying we're not doing anything. Basically, it has to deal with water. It's water, folks. You don't give them a water? We out. That's basically what it is. Don't think, of, oh, I'm saying it. No, 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 no. 
As soon as you talk about food and water, they leaving. They left. That's what this issue is. I do not see anything wrong with this vote, this voting law in, in on its face. The only reason people got angry with it, and that may be, and that may be a legitimate reason, is water. It's over water. There's nothing here on its face that says, oh, we're denying this, this, and the other thing, and other particular things of that nature is mostly democratic, what you call it, but basically it was the water issue, and they called foul on it. So until they fix that issue, we ain't going nowhere. George Floyd case. Basically, it's a tale of two halves of an incomplete story. And on its face, it may look like the Mr. Chauvin, according to the mainstream media, is pretty much guilty. But like I said before, this is blind. They're going to find some shit. Basically, this is to make sure this whole trial is to basically make sure, sadly, that there is no riots if the law doesn't go on the way it's supposed to go. And this is a gigantic case. So we will continue on that subject because there was nothing much to be said about it, only that some people now confirm certain things about how to do the holds and all the rest of these things, why he was on his then. Now it says the neck area, not the neck. All these technicalities. They say that Chauvin should be, it wants, must be able to testify. I don't believe it's going to reach that case, although I'm not a lawyer. And this case to me is not so much the innocence or guilt of Chauvin which in many aspects, this is just bad policing all around. It is about trying to keep the African-American community calm, especially if the case does not go that direction. I don't think that's going to happen the way things are going. I don't like the way things are going, and especially with the whole incidences that are happening with the Asian community and the African-American community as a lot of these African-American uh, um, who are going against the Pacific Islander Asian-Americans and those that are Arab descent now, which I'm going to speak about in just a couple of minutes, they are having these particular issues as well with how they're behaving towards others. So this is a much more deeper case. And it's starting to become a problem right now that in my assertion, I don't believe this is going to end well. I don't think that if Chauvin is found not guilty of these charges, there will be no looking back at the tape and all the rest of these things and everybody saying, oh, this, that, and the other thing and whatnot. Is that the case that they put out there, the state did not do a better enough job in convincing the the convincing these people that they convincing the jury that 
Chauvin is guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. And in all reality, to be honest with you folks, I don't believe that in in other terms, Chauvin should have been cited, should have been fired, should have never had war badge, but this case got is just gonna get worse as things progress and we're gonna see some shit that we never thought possible. That is why everybody needs to calm down and it's gonna just go crazy, especially with an administration, unfortunately, not willing to do the things it needs to do in case these things happen at the watch of Mr. Biden and his people. Since the minutes recently did a report a couple of weeks ago concerning Florida and Publix concerning these particular COVID vaccinations, and it was pretty much a hit job, and it is being showcased as a hit job. Sharon Alfonsi, unfortunately, has had these particular incidences before with her reporting, but it continues to be more black eyes for 60 minutes as the nascent news magazine reaches a certain year and has reached the same problems that the rest of the CBS News division are having, the inability to go beyond its particular biases or in particular biases and its inability to play the thing fair, play the issue or deal with these particular issues as actual journalists, gumshoes, whatever you want to call them now in a fair and concise and honest manner and not these hit jobs against these particular states such as Florida and Texas that have decided to change these particular things concerning with the knockdowns, the COVID protocols, and especially with these vaccines, as we have seen, there are many problems with these particular vaccines. And speaking of COVID-19 and vaccinations and non-vaccinations, CBS Media Ventures showed the doctors, now that it's in its 14th, 13th season, aired an episode on Good Friday, which is the reason why we were able to be able to discuss this uh, and had a discussion concerning about epinephrine. They are the only particular entity in the United States that has talked about this particular drug, saying that it could be a way to solve the problem of COVID-19 and make sure that all these things there, it was a fair and honest discussion, which is extremely rare for a show of this particular type which is run by Studio 29 Studios and is related to Dr. Phil McGraw, which is having problems with Daniel Bergoli and the and Illuminati's um, expose on Dr. Phil's practices in the recent couple of weeks. One of the things that have also come to light in this particular thing is that once I figured out how long it's been since the last time they talked about epinephrine, uh, I think that the only one that has talked about it has been Al Jazeera English, but the, and but this is the only one that from the CBS Media Ventures that have talked about this particular thing. 
So it's like the whole company, Viacom CBS, is of two different types and two different stripes. We have the Inside Edition, the Doctors, the Daily Mail side of the thing, talking about these Republican side. Well, let's call it leans in right with these particular things, such as Ephraim, especially with the doctors, with the changeover with the doctors. They brought Dr. Orton back a couple of weeks ago. And they talked about the epinephrine and they talked about how it, uh, they did the studies and all the rest of these things and said, and one of the people said, we're going to end this thing by summer. It will be all over if we get the epinephrine done and it's an easy drug. It's pretty much doctors trying and pretty much the medical industry doing this little spin move thing on these particular things, especially with the COVID-19 vaccine which he says may not should not be tested and it will take at least two years. This is the CDCs and the National Institutes of Health saying that it will not FDA, excuse me, saying that it will not be for two years before they can say the COVID-19 vaccine was effective. And we don't necessarily have two years. They're already doing it now. And public administration, private industry, and other places are saying that you must get the vaccine in order to enter their establishments, especially on a vaccine that has not been fully approved by the FDA. They have been made the emergency approval, but not the full approval from both the FDA and the CDC concerning this. So he's saying that epinephrine is a way to solve this problem. But you begin to see the problems here, especially with the Sharon Alfonso report with 60 Minutes and the thing with the doctors. The doctors are allowing to have discussions about epinephrine and talk about these particular issues, whereas in 60 Minutes, which is owned by the same company, is talking and doing head jobs against the governor of uh, Florida. Regardless of where you think of Mr. Uh, uh, of the governor of Florida, or what have you, the the and what do you believe about the wrestling business, or what have you, and whatnot? Florida has mostly remained open and mostly remained safe for the last for the few times there. You can say it was a success for the vaccine. I don't necessarily think it is, but a lot of the people in this particular area that were near each other, talking to each other, they did not have bouts with COVID, as far as we know. And all of these things are coming to the fore, whereas Sharon Afonzi is talking about these things with publics and all the rest of it. But it turns out that it's becoming more of a hit job. Something needs to be fixed in 60 minutes. Seriously, they got rid of Jeff Fager over his over issues about womanizing and all the rest of it. They replaced her with a, some, a hack, unfortunately. And now we're seeing the result. How can the doctors owned by a company in the same corporate atmosphere as CBS 60 Minutes can talk about the epinephrine, but you mean to tell me that Sharon Alfonso is doing a hit job on the Florida governor? I just want answers, folks. Y'all got to think for yourselves. You have to. In one of the most disgusting displays of human barbarity we have seen in the pandemic era, there were two African-American uh, young females, both 13 and 15 years old, who were going into a car and an Uber and tried to steal the car. 
This took place in Washington, D.C., where most of the city has been locked down for a very long time. These two people were recording this happening, and they saw the two women, these the 13 and 15-year-old, trying to steal the car, and the man tried to, tried to save himself and get him out of there. So the man and the two girls were driving the car, trying to steal the car from them. The man, the car crashed. The man was thrown out of the car. It's shown in a video there. And the two girls were there, this not hurt, but basically out of sorts. The car was pretty much on its side. And all the girls cared about was, where is my phone? My phone is still in the car. Not that a man basically is dying in the middle of the street. The National Guard who were there tried to help him, but it was too late. The man passed away at the age of 68, just trying to feed his family through Uber Eats. From the watch from the New York Post, both females have agreed to put a plea deal for this particular case. I just want somebody to answer me this very simple question. I just need to know, how can somebody, a female, I don't care what race it is, would care about a phone more than a human life can get a plea deal? A plea deal? They didn't know what they did. Look, at a certain point in time, you have to understand, certain people know what the hell they're doing. This is a joke. She only cared about her phone, and we see it on the video. These are monsters. These are monsters. And especially with these them, them being women. These women out there, they're growing up to be women. Can you, um, now I'm not saying that all women are like this, but, and I'm not even saying that Gen, X, Gen Z women are like this, but the enormity of their unwillingness to see another human face especially a man's face who's trying to work as another human being should scare the shit out of a lot of you. We're heading to a time where if this is the way these women are acting now at 13 and 15 years old, can you imagine when they turn 18 years old and they know all these things about council culture, about these Consent forms and all the rest of these things. It only takes, it's, it's not a huge stretch. All of this is connected. And again, we send our condolences to the man that had passed away, to his family, as that man tried to do the right thing and tried to uh, better his life in this country and have it being stolen away by people who only care about a cell phone in their car. They're not human beings, they're robots and they're controlled by something else. 
and it isn't the Lord. Let's make that pretty much clear. Now, a very interesting statement before we end this segment of Beyond This Earth coming from Zero H Lovecraft about the right and the left. The fundamental thing, we just mentioned it here, is the right or what we consider the right. And it's fascinating fascinating talk about it. It's about beauty and all the rest of these things. And it's about the acceptance of beauty, working hard, that sort of thing. That's fine. He also says that the identity of one person, we have to identify on who we are and the negation of straight white men and something evil of that sense. We're going to talk about that with the situation with goats and the revived Jordan Peterson, as it were. But in the basic sense of the of his words, he has a point. But this is where he misses the issue. He misses the issue because in one particular sense, yes, it's an identity, but that identity orients you in this world. He's partly correct on this. Who gave you this identity? That's the question. Other people have pointed out as well, uh, talking about it, that language is developed in that particular sense, in a way, even if the person don't understand that particular language, in linguistics and what have you, it's, it's in intersexual dynamics, as it were, that dynamic changes. And the man and the woman have a language of their own. And they have an identity of their own and they start to build a conspiracy. That's what relationship between they, they start to build a conspiracy against the society that does not allow these two people, the man who may not give full, may not give full attention to the woman and all the rest of it because he has his own personal life and his own personal dealings, but the woman who is a, who allows herself to help him get where he needs to go without any questions and without any scare fear. What so what? Zero hit what zero HP Lovecraft doesn't understand, and he'll get the understanding in the future mostly is because there is an aggressiveness, especially in American women. And um, Delicious Tacos fantastically put this out in his recent interview. We're gonna promote that with Brown Age Mantis in his show Caribbean Dreams. That's his radio show. That American women are aggressive. And that aggressiveness, especially in the society that gives them a lot of carte blanche, is partly the reason why we have these issues with identity. Because here's the basic truth of the matter, and this is the reality of it. 
there can be conservatism in different places around the world. There can be extreme conservatism. We have seen it before, but it is not a one-to-one relation. The mistake these people make, a lot of these people make is, is not so much, oh, this, 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 and this. The mistake they make is who gives them the identity and why do they use that identity to orient themselves around this world? Is that identity even worth the squeeze? That's the question. Here's the answer that you need to, yeah, it's worth the squeeze, but what type of squeeze are you going to push out of the lemon to make lemonade? What type of squeeze? Because if that lemon doesn't work and it's sour, well, it is sour, but it's spoiled. Then what is the use? This is who you are, sure. But how are you going to use who you are to become successful in life? If they're not letting you to be successful in this life, how are you going to turn that identity into something that could be successful not only for you, but for your own family. How are you going to reinvent, your, reinvent yourself with this same identity that you have, the same basic identity that you have? People do this every day. They do not understand this. And this is one of the reasons why they have not been flexible enough to get over a lot of the things that they need to get over. Here's the basic reality of the situation. And I'm just making clear to every one of you here you're living in a society that at one time understood who the fuck it was you understand what i'm trying to say and when it understood what the fuck it was everybody got it played that way in order to survive the people that change the way that America did things or America saw itself only did it to survive because they couldn't survive the way they wanted everyone else went through that same place. They wanted to go through that same way. But you know that same way was going to bring success. Or they wanted a piece of success of that same success the other people were denying them this. Now everybody talking about identity, individualism, duty to this, duty to God, the whole nine yards. They did the whole duty to God, your duty to your wife, the whole nine yards. And everybody failed them. So what does that mean? How are you going to create a way of life with the similar identity and all the rest of it that's going to make success for you. It is not going to be found by continuing to hound on the fact that the liberals are doing what they're doing. Put it in simple terms. When liberals doing what they're doing and they are succeeding by failing, you know that the failure is going to reach a point of catastrophic collapse. What are you going to do when it catastrophically collapses? You got to have answers for that. You have to. Interesting essay.
written about Reaganism being globalism with an American capitalist face. Fascinating. Fascinating essay out there. I'll have the link. Go read it. I might discuss it in a future episode. It's going to be very interesting to talk about and how it is seen through the entertainment industry as well. And it's really, really fascinating on how that really works. So coming up next on Beyond This Earth, we have another interesting interview with Angela Covila that we're going to review. Steve Hilton and the Woke Religion, and it's done soon. Update on where all that BMO money going through. 42 episodes of the Joe Rogan show have been taken off of Spotify. And the concept of idiocracy between Jordan Peterson and Ty Nakashi. Because we're going to go in depth in that. And it's very important. All this and more coming up next on Beyond This Earth. We'll be right back after this. Beyond This Earth will continue right after these messages. We now return you to Beyond This Earth. Welcome back to Beyond This Earth. This is Nova Hollerback. Let's do this interview with Angelo Kubilia. Basically, Kovila has stated that Trump was afraid to lead. And he got scared of the power structure that was there. Or he got overwhelmed by the power structure there. And one of the great mistakes that he made was to put Fauci and make him the de facto voice of the national response to the COVID-19 pandemic. And that for future leaders in conservatism who are trying to get the power and trying to make sure that the left gets its payback, they need to lean in to these particular issues and things about them to become the boogeyman in order to get things done in this society, in, in the way society has been set up, is related to what we're going to talk about last. Steve Hilton and the Woke Religion. If you haven't heard from Steve Hilton, a very fascinating character from Fox News who is somewhat adjacent to um, Tucker Carlson. And Tucker Carlson is getting some controversy pushback with the so-called replacement theory. And it's absolutely crazy that this thing is even a thing. But, uh, you know, when you get that, you get that famous and you start talking that, you know what? Things are going to start getting reaching to a head. So let 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 us not let us be clear here, folks. You can you did there's strong disagreement on that. Very strong disagreement on that, but be it be that as it may, Steve Hilton talks about the woke religion and pretty much said it is a religion. 
and basically in many ways it is a religion and you know in that religion's precepts it acts like the black church have you seen this um recent movie way back when where you have this pastor he does this little joke as these two old black women start going into the front of the pews and he has this toothpick in his hand and he is doing his little song and dance routine about don't ask no questions there you go that i have that voice there don't ask no questions just give to the ember nation hop out batman shout wild church don't ask no questions give it here so you see the fascinating dichotomy in that particular in this particular situation and since black lives matter doesn't believe in the church but uses aspects of the black church in order to gain money it would be no surprise that just like many of the black preachers caught using fancy jets unbelievable driving cars and wondrous houses of worship and personal homes it comes as no surprise that black lives matters leaders especially the creator of the black lives matter movement will have a nice house 1.4 million dollars of house in a mostly white community and yes that 11.5 billion dollars went into the houses, the new houses of the leadership of BLM. So we gave all this money in the pandemic to do what the Christians say to do, to release the prisoners. And all the rest of it that the left uses as their version of mercy. You see, the version of mercy, which is not actual mercy, which is not godly mercy, because mercy also comes from justice. And this is the thing that both the black church and the white church tends to forget. Justice can only come from God. It cannot come from human beings. Ultimately, of course, ultimately, we have the power of discernment, but ultimately justice comes from God, and that's a part of mercy. This is what the people, the Catholics, the Protestants, those who are Catholic, and those who are not Catholic, who are Muslim and Jewish, believe that justice comes from God, or should believe in that. So, once the news reports came out that she just bought a house, a mostly white neighborhood, Black Twitter had a field day. But didn't we warn all of you way back when they're going to trick you? They're going to play you and they're going to trick you. And we warn you, this better be 
for real. Changes better be seen. I want to see new black businesses up the next day. I want to see new black day everything the next day. I don't want to see little Patreon little Patreon stories on GMA three. What you need to know and on the talk and on the dirty word today and on all those live action thingamajigs that we talk called talk shows in the morning. I don't want to hear the nonsense. I want to hear some changes. Look at that nice money train. Oh, it would be nice if I can got a nice house in a white neighborhood after I complain about white privilege. Stole money from black people. Other black women stealing money from their own culture to go live in the white neighborhood and they complain about white privilege. The same women out their mouths talking about Marxism and socialism use capitalism to go land a house in the middle of the whitest neighborhood in all California. Do you know how sick motherfuckers really are? Motherfuckers are struggling. A lot of people who are African-American died of COVID. We have a case going down in the United States, in Minnesota, they started the return of the Black Lives Matter movement. The George Floyd case, where no one is sure whether Mr. Chauvin is going to be found guilty of doing the wrong thing to Mr. Floyd. And yet, the members of the leaders, the people that created Black Lives Matter back in 2014 are now buying houses in the middle of Republican-owned and Republican-made. Count that county that's Republican-owned and Republican-made after complaining and screaming that white people ain't shit. But you use black money to get into a white neighborhood for $1.4 million. Marxist Judas? That's what you is. You a Judas. Then you're gonna go to the black church, come and praise love. Talking all this nonsense to Gail King, number the rest of them, them good nuts and nonsense. And say, Yeah, I see you. I see you. Black man! As Minister Jap would say, you are all alone. Black man, you are all on. What the fuck you doing? 
The black women who ran Black Lives Matter has stolen your hard-earned cash, your money, to go and aggrandize yourselves themselves and still call the white man his enemy while they live in his own neighborhood. And they still call the white white man enemy while they call you insignificant and need to be destroyed and his family structure need to be destroyed in order for black lives to truly matter. Y'all motherfuckers really need to realize you are alone in this world if you are going to listen to black women like these. I'm just letting y'all know they are problem now. They are a problem, and you need to fix this problem by yourselves. You ain't going to fix it by keep giving them the raw, you know what's it, and keep giving them, oh, the money for their our lives and black lives to matter. You joking. You playing yourselves. There is no fit for this except shame and ridicule against these particular types of Marxists. I don't need, black men only need one thing in this society, and that is for the black woman to understand that he runs this fa the family regardless of what she thinks, says, or does in this world. And if she cannot accept it, she can go anywhere the fuck else and find the person she wants to be with and find the life she wants to deal with. But it ain't going to be with that particular man who believes in himself and believes in his culture and believes in this country. It ain't going to be them. It ain't going to be black men like us. It ain't going to be like that. Because you full of shit if you think we're going to continue to listen to the black woman trying to disgrace us, diminutivize us, and tell us that Black Lives Matter. When you buy a $1.4 million house in a white neighborhood, call yourself Marxist, use capitalism to get that particular house, and steal, and help steal $11.5 billion from the largest of the African American community. Fuck off! You ain't shit! 42 episodes of the Joe Rogan program have been taken off of Spotify, pretty much making Joe Rogan retired, according to some people. What are they so important? These particular employees are so important that they had to get rid of 42 episodes. I just want answers to that. No one's giving me answers. They're just giving us the runaround. And the runaround is not pretty. And Tanayashi Coates played himself. Again, a writer who has a certain amount of talent, but is too enamored to Obama for anybody to really care, has been working on the Captain America uh, comic book for a while. And has done an interesting thing with the Red Skull and tried to say that uh, he's Jordan Peterson. You motherfucker, you ain't good. You ain't good, Takashi. Uh, uh, I mean, Tanasi, Mr. Coates. You ain't good, man.
I know that you are a writer that says I want to subvert tropes, but boy, you are not a good literary writer. You might be able to talk about politics and said, I'm tired, I'm scared of my children and all the rest of these things. But see, here's the thing about it. You're a good enough, you are a father of a black woman. That is good enough for most black men. That should be good enough. Your talents outside of being a father to hopefully successful black children is not, is not uh, your hat to put, it, it's not a feather in your cap, no. Now we know the problems with Jordan Peterson and it is myriad, but come on folks. But folks, it leads me to this question, and, Put and to put it mildly, Nakashi Coates' run as Captain America doing Captain America has been absolutely horrid for the most part. Even though a lot of people are saying, oh, it's something different, this, that, and the other thing, and now they want to make Captain America. But outside of that, Everybody need to ask this question. Roll Tomasi put out this question when Twitter, there was a Twitter handle that pretty uh, that posted these particular things about these major entities, as it were. These major sci-fi entities, uh, comic entities, and all the rest of it, such as Star Wars, Star Trek, Marvel, DC. They put it in six particular places. Which one had to go? Roll Tomasi put a fascinating statement in saying, well, first off, he made a comment saying, where are the men in Star Trek right now? And then followed up when he saw this particular poster saying, where are we going to get rid of these particular IP that existed in the 1960s and 70s and move on to something brand new with brand new intellectual property that is created now for our audience begging for something new of that particular nature. And I'm saying to him and to everyone out there, there are new IP out there, but we're having the same problem the franchise has had for many years concerning with the, the insular scare, insular fear from those that have better talent than these particular, than, than the Americans. The Japanese found a way around it, uh, and now they're seeing success and now it's time for the French to learn that type of ideal at least in none of the business sense but in trying to get certain people to get in part of this see here's the thing that people need to understand there may be no hope for certain entities such as seven seas to do certain works such as jobless reincarnation and a whole lot of it but if they want to have some sort of new type of audience, if they can't handle certain particular things from the Japanese side of the thing, they can handle it. They're just being bullshitters and they're just being woke. But if they weren't that woke and they said they had some particular moral issues concerning that, why not go to the French side and speak to them about getting some of their comic books over here and selling that? But they don't think in that direction. They're not as smart as people think that they are. They're following trends. And even though this is a more secular trend that is coming with this particular 
uh, genre medium of anime being successful, not only in the bookshelves and the bookstores, but soon to be in the entertainment, in the rest of the entertainment industry, once Funimation and once Crunchyroll suffered the same fate as 4Kids did many years ago, it's going to be a similar thing that happens. And yes, it will give a chance for America to get its sealays back and try to do this new IP. But it is not easy. And the problem is a lot of people are in sealays. And then there's the biases that we're now beginning to see pop out from the audience that I just mentioned earlier becoming more urbanized and more African-American and more female, that they that the way they see entertainment is not the way entertainment has been seen way before that. So you're going to have an older set that says, okay, Queen Latifah is here. She did that the other thing. The show's doing well. And she has a built-in audience of at least 3 million. Built-in automatically. That's true. Let's, let's not give, let's not dismiss her on that. Fine. It is what it is. New IP with a new black woman who's younger? That's going to be much more difficult. You understand what I'm trying to say here? Jamal Moore, known for over, SWAT is doing well. New IP with another black man who has the same types of looks as Jamal Moore, difficult to pull off. You see what I'm getting at here? See that that's the issue. So one way that was this going to be solved is to get better writers in this particular situation. But one of the things that Jordan Peterson has done is to lean in on it and lean into the whole thing concerning with Colts. See, here's the thing that I think Colts doesn't understand. And I think that unfortunately does not have the capacity both as a writer and as an African-American who is says to be educated and ultimately as a father to do black Africa, uh, to African-American children with a wife is that he is not willing and able to understand the nuances that Zizek used in order to win his argument over Jordan Peterson. Maybe in up other in other particular works, since he's still working with Marvel, he might be able to do so. But this is a bad first start, and, and an extremely disappointing thing concerning this. But it comes to the whole point of the whole comic industry as a whole, and why nobody wants to buy comics. Why do you want to be preached to? That's the fundamental problem. And the thing is, unfortunately, and it's connected to the same thing with the BLM, BLM, the one, the $11.5 billion they pretty much stole. And the house now bought by this African-American woman who helped start BLM. Is this why would you want to be preached to? 
and they're leaving the comic book industry in droves with these writers who really don't even want to do those particular things. The problem is with the comic book industry and with the entertainment industry as a whole in many particular ways. And this may be the unfortunate truth of the entertainment industry in particular in the United States. I'm not sure in other, in other places around the world, but in particular the United States that it has been influenced by at least communist leanings or has been influenced by leadership from or inspired by communist leaders, speakers, ideology, speeches in that sort of term. And a lot of the subversiveness that a lot of the right wing have been complained about a lot of it unfortunately was deeply racist however their things concerning the communism and how it affected hollywood and all the rest of it had a certain basis in reality and the unfortunate reality is and coats unfortunately is a willing participant in this is the continuation of these particular trying to see who's the bad guy who isn't the bad guy where Zizek was able to handle him in a much more forthright and prescient manner Colts shows why people are going to continue to leave the comic book industry and all the rest of it by trying to attack Peterson. But Peterson, to his credit, whether you like him or not, has leaned into this particular issue. Whether people might agree with it or not, he leaned into it. And he is disabling aspect of the argument that Mr. Colts is trying to showcase in the book in his uh run and in captain america but as we have seen colt mr mr coates is too enamored with obama and the promise of obama and the unfortunate truth is is that he might be able to write a couple of good sentences interesting words nice phrases and all the rest of these things but again intellectually similar to what this cool i i think it's Kawani, I don't remember his last name, Williams, I believe. Their intellectualism concerning the way they see the world and the way they see America is deeply, deeply weak, communistic, ultimately Marxist, ultimately violinist, and has absolutely nothing to do with the uplift and the success for African-American men. They're basically carrying water for a lot of white liberals and a lot of white with female liberals and carry the water for them. That's not to say that their points don't have certain amount of merit, but it also means that we cannot, their words ultimately mean bumpkiss 
because in the end of the day, as we see with Black Lives Matter, and we just mentioned it earlier, they're there to steal your money. They're not there to help the black family. They're ultimately not there to help the black man. They're black men who say pretty much, I got mine, you'll never get yours. It's not that too dissimilar to what's going on with this whole incel, non-incel thing. When there is no incel problem, we have a prostitution problem in all phases of men and female and male relationships. That's what we're basically suffering through. And in a similar way, they say, I got mine, you can't get yours. Ha ha ha, it's envy. Envy isn't going to solve these particular problems. So we'll keep watching it as it develops. Coming up next, we have more announcements promotions of two particular episodes and then later on we got full news some news about space a brand new prime number and to end the show we're going to have a memorial for the late great old simmons dmx we'll be right back right after this Beyond This Earth will continue right after these messages. We now return you to Beyond This Earth. Welcome back to Beyond This Earth. We got a couple of announcements to talk about. We just changed certain parts of the Doga Queen website, it's now closely related to what we are doing with what is being done for the Age of Rebus. We made, uh, there's some two postings out there. Um, very soon we'll put the the radio the show Kagan No Side on there, or at least a link to there. So it will be easy access to that. We're still trying to work out some of the kinks there. On the site, so it is guru.gurugothic.com slash doga queen for that particular site. Two promotions that we want to talk about concerning radio shows. The recent episode of Caribbean Dreams, I believe, by Bron James Mantis, who interviewed Delicious Tacos. The first hour is on. SoundCloud, but the rest of them is on Gum on Gumroad. It is a fascinating and truly in, in uh, interesting interview. And one of the aspects is is that they never listened to the first hour of the interview. Those that were pretty much fighting, uh, uh, pretty much against uh, delicious tacos and saying all the things he was saying. Look, folks, I'm going to make this very clear. Listen to the interview. He never gives any sort of thing to the promotion of the dark shit. Not at all. So I don't know what these other people who were railing against delicious tacos were, were talking about. He gave no, no support to that type of nonsense. It's But it is a fascinating interview and i think one of the best interviews that i've seen so far in the new sphere if you want to call it 
of the, I don't want to call it all right, alternative side of the podcast radio enterprises that are out there now. Check that out. It is Caribbean Dreams from Bronze Age Mantis. That interview with Delicious Tacos. And don't forget to get his book. His book is quite interesting to say the least. Also, Event Status now has a podcast called the Omega Podcast. It is now available on YouTube and iPhone, iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, the same places where you get this particular show. And his first episode was just a fantastic return to form. Please listen to it. He's a great man. He has told the truth about everything in the video game world, especially with the fighting game community, especially with the things that we're also talking about with females and all the rest of it. We're at the same mind as that so please give a listen to those two particular radio shows if you get the time one is a little shorter because one half of it is on gumroad but the other one's free so make sure you get and listen to that one as well so other particular announcements we're still working on those particular things i am not sure if next week's episode will be the season finale or not We're reaching up the cap of 26 episodes, and we got a lot of things to discuss about episode 25, and we're already at episode 24. I'm not sure if if episode 25 will be the season finale. So I'm still trying to figure out if that is going to be the end of that particular uh, situation. There are other projects that I'm trying to finish and complete, And hopefully those projects will be done within the next couple of months and years ahead, ultimately. But we have other things to also talk about as well as that. Uh, I'm still working on a possible other project for other things as well. So it's been a busy time. It's an important time. So we'll just get through all of it as it develops. We'll be right back with more Beyond This Earth right after this. Beyond This Earth will continue right after these messages. in the earlier in the earlier segments that is kind of important and kind of connected to what we have been discussing and the tribute to 
at DMX. First off, there is a brand new type of prime number out there. And that prime number is connected to the hundreds of millions and where it's connected to. We do not know, but it's a new kind of prime number and it sets up very interesting things in this field of mathematics. There are stars, well, there are comics that we have just researched that may have come from a completely different solar system than ours. And it is pure enough for study to understand the origins of the universe, possibly. So Hale-Bopp is one of them, and they just recently found one other. Ocean currents from a moon of Saturn in Inclesius, the one that Cassini found geysers on. We've talked about this a couple of episodes earlier in this particular segment. It turns out that it's very possible that they also have currents to go with the geysers there. Even though it's extremely cold and it's just mostly pure white uh, snow, as it were, it's very possible that they also have ocean currents right, running through the nitrogen, that is the nitrogen and the water-based things in there so we'll see what happens as more becomes available the majority of the planets in our galaxy maybe many neptunes still larger than earth but mostly many neptunes small gas giants that's a very interesting thing there the earth might possibly have a more inner core. That's right. What we think as the core isn't a core. There's another layer under. There's another layer below that. There's another layer below that. We don't know what it is composed of. It might be the same stuff. It might be different stuff. But they're saying there is another core inside our Earth. That's quite amazing. And explains a lot of other things as well. Everybody was confused about dark energy. Is it connected to dark matter or not connected to dark matter? There was a published... There was a published thing concerning with dark energy that won a Nobel Prize. But scientists are now saying that there may not be such a thing as dark energy, quote unquote. Well, they don't want to say the E word, but there may be no such thing as the dark energy. There's dark matter, there's matter, there's all those other things, but there's no possibly no such thing as dark energy, which going to really turn things on its head concerning with the way we see the space between planets, solar systems, galaxies, nebulas, and all other things of space and that nature. We will have more about space 
as the season continues on beyond this earth. Now let's get to the news of the week. On Monday, a hacker posted a personal info of 533 million Facebook users for free online. Facebook said it did was from old data from a vulnerability it patched late last year. In interest has been in talks to acquire the photo app Vesco. GMC unveiled its new electric Hummer SUV. When it goes on sale in 2023, it will cost more than $1,100. Godzilla vs. Kong is the new pandemic office king, earning $32.2 million this weekend in North America. GameStop said it may sell up to a million dollars in new stock to raise capital for a shift to e-commerce. Mitch McConnell blasted corporations that criticized Georgia's new voting law by using economic blackmail to spread disinformation. We just discussed that earlier. Russia said it will slow but not completely block Twitter to, due to the platform's alleged failure to remove harmful content. The market capitalization of all cryptocurrencies hit a all-time high of $2 trillion yesterday. Apple CEO Tim Cook said that we are in a privacy crisis. Aaron Rodgers faced a tough contention in his first episode hosting Jeopardy. That that one had to deal with the one where you really didn't miss. Who gave you the call to? Who gave the call for the missed kick? Coinbase has released more financial data ahead of its direct listing next week. It estimates that $1.8 billion in revenue last quarter. GM confirmed rumors that it's making an electric if, uh, uh, electric Silverado pickup, sending new shares to an intraday record yesterday. Ford's annual billionaires list dropped and it's bigger than ever, a record of 2,755 2, 2, people on the list. And the comp- computative wealth has grown $5 trillion since the start of the pandemic to 13 plus 13 trillion dollars discord removed over 2200 extremist groups from its group chat path in the latter half of 2020 european regulators said believe there is a link between astrazeneca's vaccine and blood clots but said that the benefits is production of covid in far outweighs the risk and Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have landed their first project for Netflix, a docu-series of the Invictus Games, which they have been working on for the past several years. J.P. Morgan CEO Jimmy Dimon in his annual shareholder letter predicted economic boom times for America against standing into 2023. Nike and Beats by Dre has suspended their endorsement agreements with Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson following nearly two dozen allegations of sexual misconduct. Blade, the fintech firm whose $5.3 billion acquisition from Visa fell through, just raised $425 million at a $13.4 billion valuation. Twitter was in talks to acquire Clubhouse for $4 billion, but those conversations have stopped per Bloomberg. And so GM and Ford are continuing to dial back production at their North American facilities due to the global chip shortage. Sean Diddy Combs has written an open letter to GM demanding the automaker and other corporations spend more of their advertising dollars with black-owned media companies. 
Impossible Foods, a leader in plant-based meat, is looking to go public in the next 12 months per Reuters, is aiming to be valued at $10 million or more. Netflix has entered deal for streaming rights to Sony movies, including future installments of both Jumanji and Spider-Man. Nike and Mischief has set, reached a settlement for Little Nods at Satanic Shoes. And their company, if you can't buy them, join them. Twitter is copying Clubhouse. Amazon workers at the Alabama facility has voted against forming a union, a blow to labor organizing around the country. Boeing has asked airlines to ground some of their 737 MAX jets over a power system issue. Kim Kardashian shapewear company Skims is now worth $1.6 billion after a new fundraising round. Lee Delaney, the CEO of BJ's Wholesale Club, died unexpectedly at the age of 49. The Chinese hope-raising giant Didi Chung filed confidentially for an IPO in the U.S. per Bloomberg. It could be valued up to $100 billion. So that's some of the news there. And also in the deaths that recently passed, Prince Philip has passed away at the age of 99 years old. He is the prince consort to Queen Elizabeth. He fought in the war in as a young cadet, helping to destroy the Nazi machine. It, certain comments that he made in the past were seen to be deeply troubling to many people, but he explained it this way, that he, as he started to travel all around the world and all the rest of it, he got to get uh, appreciation of the other cultures in the world. Again, the mass, uh, the flags were at half staff in the most of the places over in the United Kingdom. Funeral services have not been detailed as the as the particulars have not been identified. Miss Harry Stott, Harry, the Duke of Sussex, former Duke of Sussex, will be in the funeral, but the pregnant with the second child. Meghan Markle will not be a part of this particular funeral. We do not know when the funeral will take place because the royal family will keep that numb, 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 uh, numb about these particular situa uh, this particular situation. Two things I need to discuss before we get to the the memorial of what we have to talk about another important person that recently passed away today. Recently, there has been a humongous issue. There's a new book coming out by John Boehner. You know him. And him and um, this other dude, uh, Paul Ryan. And they were the, pretty much the guys that were Obama's foils back in the what the liberals call the good old days of 20, 2010, 2019, 2010 to 2016. And they were their foils. You see, he was in the rap business, Tupac, the whole nine yards. I'm exercising. I, I, I crush a lot. I'm sexy. I'm banner. I cry. All the rest of it and, and the whole lot of these things, you know. And something really struck to me 
as I begin to really figure this out. And it's connected to something that uh, Zero HP Logcraft talked about. And it's somewhat connected to what is going on with this recent development of the court system now trying to get after those that were connected to the to MAGA and a whole lot of these things. Let's look at it in the sense that if we remember last year at this particular time that I stated that there was such a thing as a white genocide and that white genocide is directly connected to the fentanyl that was being passed around like candy throughout the years, especially during the Obama administration when it comes to pain medication and prescription drugs. And this fentanyl was going all over the place and it was linked to the rise in heroin, the rise in other opioids and all the rest of these things. This is genocide, whether people wanna turn it around or not, it's connected to the opioid factories in China, 16 minutes before this whole kerfuffle with the way they're handling the reporting concerning with publics made a fascinating case uh, of reporting, but also that reporting had issues concerning with the drug trade over there with China and how they handled their situation and how aspects of it was plagiarized from other reporting that was done many years ago, many months ago, six months ago to be exact from that actual report that took back about two and a half years ago. And they pretty much stated in, in, in pretty simple terms that what is going on here with the Sacklers and Purdue Pharma and all the rest of it was basically genocide. So let's take it in this particular sense. And a lot of, and we have to just go back and look at the reporting that was done during 2016, how this situation with the Sacklers were handled by the Trump administration's people, especially the FBI, with, with first with Ray and so on. And how are we going to handle this particular situation concerning that? You know, I'll call it what it is. It's genocide. And one of the things that you also have to understand is they wanted a president, especially Mr. Trump. If we look at it to 2016, there is a direct, a very possible emotional direct link between what was going on in the pan, in, in the opioid epidemic and Donald Trump's rise to power. There is a direct emotional link. They wanted a way to end this particular thing with the drug use and all the rest of these things. And since Trump didn't want to take, is not an alcoholic, all these other things, doesn't smoke, may drink a little bit too much of the diet cola and something of that nature and whatnot, but basically did not have any sort of things concerning with marijuana, all the rest of these things, and pretty much kept himself clean. If you don't see the emotional connections, especially with this, that said he's not a druggie, all the rest of it, we can vote for him and all the rest of it, despite this whole issue with his with women and all the rest of it. He's not an addict. And he has suffered what he's went through the similar things with addiction, especially with alcohol abuse that affected his brother 
they saw a connection with him with the opioids and believed that he could solve a lot of the problems with the opioid epidemic that they wanted him to solve. Because going back to the argument that Zero HP Lovecraft talked about, let's look at it in the basic sense. No father wants to see his daughter become a prostitute. No father wants to see his son become a junkie. If we can take it on that particular premise, then yes. Well, Zodiac, I mean, not Zodiac, excuse me. Zero HP Lovecraft pretty much says is that if you don't believe that your children should be degenerates, then you are right wing. Basically, which is the basic crux of his argument. And everything that does not go, that goes against those that two particular premises, not a junkie, not a prostitute, able to succeed in life, able to have a job, all the rest of these, able to be educated, able to have critical thinking and all the rest of it. Anything that goes against that is considered liberal. You know what I'm trying to explain here? The fact of the matter is, is that January 6th was going to happen even if it was small or larger than it was. Because this is mostly be dealing with opioids and the reality of which that was not fully solved. And one of the things that, unfortunately, this particular conspiracy theories around these things were connected to this whole particular opioid thing was they were trying to solve the problem of the opioid epidemic. But this, that wasn't the way around it. The Sacklers went to court. The Sacklers got fined $8 billion. The company never went into receivership. Nobody went to prison for it. That is some of the reasons why we had January 6th was that the opioid epidemic never got better. It actually got worse. And then we have all these laws coming from these particular liberal cities such as Portland, Seattle, that allowed this drug use to continue, which is not what the people want. And we see it in certain cities that they don't want these methadone clinics around near their schools. This is the reason emotionally why Donald Trump won the election in 2016. And this is the reason why the emotional language, to coin a phrase, leads into what happened in January 6th. So for everyone who is writing a book, especially Boehner, to say that January 6th happened because of extremism, they don't know the reason why the things have gone extreme. They have gone extreme because as parents and trying to raise children and all the rest of these things, they're seeing all the drugs out there. The millennials are turning 40 years old. They have tried to do the right thing. They do not have the same type of capital that their parents used to have. And now they have to deal with the drug overdoses, the drug use, and all the rest of these things. And they're saying no mas to it. So they have gone to a certain point where things have gone in extreme. And now they have to take all of these particular doles in order for them to survive. And then we're reaching a point around September where they're going to end the foreclosure moratoriums 
especially around a lot of people who haven't got a lot of money to get the today and then some of these particular uns particular real estate people or how should we say this some of these particular landlords want back pay going back from the time this thing started to the present day, which means there are tens of thousands of dollars that they're going to figure out how to get from you. And when they don't get that, they will be kicked out. Some of them are actually recovering from it. You're going to have a situation where Biden or whatever happens August 1st, because people are saying August 1st, he's out of there. I'm not sure, but you never know. Whoever is going to become the leader, they're going to have to deal with a situation coming in October and November of this year that a lot of people are going to be out, especially during these winter months, which could be hellacious. If we have seen what we have saw in Texas in the middle of the country earlier this year, it is not going to be a pretty sight. If they want to solve the problem, first off, if they wanted to solve the problem of January 6th, they should have put the Sacklers in prison and then things will start going, will start, things will start getting to a place where people will be able to calm themselves down. They didn't do it. They gave them a slap on the wrist and that was the end of it. If we really want to think about it in, a, in an emotional, actual emotional sense. And then it going to take to another particular thing where we're going to hunt the people down that didn't know the sits. We just have reports that came out that said that the only person that died because of what happened on January 6th was the Air Force Lieutenant, the retired Air Force Lieutenant, a female, Mrs. Babbitt. And that was the only one there. Nobody has found out who took the shot. Nobody has found who took the shot and who took the shot and couldn't there anything have been done. They're still investigating this, by the way, and they want in an independent investigation about this. Things are not going to be looking pretty for this country at any time in this particular sense. It's not a pretty sight to see. Not a pretty sight to see. Another thing that we have to talk about, and it's related to this whole Black Lives Matter thing. Bunkhead, or yeah, Bunkhead, a suburb in Georgia has initiated plans to become a separate city, a suburb in Atlanta, Georgia, excuse me, has initiated plans to separate and become its own city because the Georgia, or I should say the Atlanta Police Department has not done its job concerning crime. Defunding the police 
has led to a suburb of Atlanta, Georgia, which is overwhelmingly black and has become a little bit more gentrified than most to make the decision to try to separate from Atlanta and become and finally get its own police force. Because the crime has reached to a point where they have gotten tired. Just think about that for a moment. Really, just think about that. We reached the end of the show. And it is with a very heavy heart and a very, very deeply heavy, sad, and truly remorseful mind that we have to say goodbye to the legendary Earl DMX Simmons, who passed away on Friday at the age of 50 years old. This man saved the American music industry from the distractions and the destruction that it inflicted upon itself. DMX at one time was one of the most important men in the history of the entertainment business. He was the literal man who became Atlas and took the whole world on his shoulders. He never forgot God and he never forgot where he came from and he always tried to be nice to everyone around him. But there were people who tried to cross him, but the hood will never allow you to cross DMX. He is a special man and he walked differently than others. And it is with the saddest, saddest, condolences I send to everyone in this family, a huge fan of this man. This man was a symbol, especially as one who is a Catholic like myself, who thought that masculinity was trapped with black masculinity, was trapped in the whole thing. And I'm not doing this whole diss on Islamic things or what have you because that's not to be dissing them but there was a certain thing about DMX and his connection to God and the way that he saw God as a Christian and the way that did that felt like we did not have we had a say in the way black people saw themselves and that was in some ways, one of the greatest uh, accomplishments in the history of the music industry, in the history of entertainment, and will come down as one of the important moments in the history of American anything concerning with entertainment. This man literally took on the pain and the sadness of losing both Tupac and Biggie. And without him, it would have been a much disastrous end for everybody involved. This man literally held the whole rap industry on his own when this thing with Def Jam was exploding apart. And he just took it and ran with it. And for four, five years, he became the man literally 
that put this industry and saved it from being lost in the whole Britney Spears in sync 98 degrees morass that everybody was into. It gave toughness to a world that just, that lacked many. And in many ways, and in some instances without him, the toughness that we need now would not exist. And so that's all I have to say on that subject. We leave you with a prayer that DMX did at the peak of his career to remind you that DMX always had the Lord in his heart. For all of us here at Beyond This Earth, this is Novid Hollerback. Take care of yourselves, and we will see you next time, next week on Beyond This Earth. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Overcast, soon on Amazon Music Podcast, soon with Stereo App with the interviews. We'll see you guys next week. And now, a beautiful message that we all need now, especially at this hard time. Earl DMX Simmons in the prayer at the peak of his career on a show long forgotten in a time that we needed men such as he. Father God, I am just learning how to pray. Bear with me. First, I thank you for the life of everyone that's here with me. Thank you for the love you give me. Why? I don't know. I don't deserve it, and it hurts inside. Many a nights I cried and called your name out loud, but didn't call you when I was doing good, too proud. And still you gave me love. I wasn't used to that. Most of the people that gave me love ended up taking it back. That's something new to me. So I'm asking you for time to adjust. Let me make it there. I will be one you can trust. What I stand for, I put my life on. I do. I guess what I'm asking is, show me how to stand for you. And I will rap for you, sing for you, reach for you, preach for you, teach for you. I will love you like you love me, unconditionally. And I will always be prepared for whatever the mission will be. Give the nutrition to me, and I'll properly digest it. And when I give it back, I will show you word well invested. And whenever I go, before I go, let me give. Thanks to you, Lord, for my birth, for every day that I've lived. You gave me a love most of my life I didn't know was there. I give you my life because you cared. Amen. Amen. Amen.